0: You're listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. I'm your host Janine Romo, aka La Wild Explorer, and I'm here today with our producer Martha Espinosa Wynn and
1: our special guest Monica Rosquias. Hi! Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you for coming on, Monica. It's it's a pleasure to have you. And you're we're, we're phoning you or skyping you all the way from you're in Spain.
1: Yes, I am in a small city called Granollers. Um, it's about half an hour away from Barcelona, and this is where I've been living for the last year now. But I'm originally from Chula Vista, California.
0: Nice, nice. Well, tell us, tell us a bit more about yourself because we we discovered you online, and
1: um, tell us more about you and your cool lifestyle (laughs) sure Um, so like I said I'm from Chula Vista California and um, well I grew up on the border my parents are from Tijuana so I grew up you know on both sides of the border and um, I in college from college I was really interested in environmental issues um and so my my first like real job in San Diego was working as an environmental educator for a local nonprofit and I would go to schools and I would talk to kids all about different environmental issues and reducing, reusing, recycling, that sort of thing. And it was while I was working as an environmental educator That I learned about this lifestyle called the zero waste lifestyle Um, and I was really interested in it, you know, I was working as an environmental educator and I was talking about all of these um, topics that are really important like our overfilling landfills and um, just all of this plastic that's in the ocean and how it's harming wildlife and I myself was also contributing to all of these problems just by, you know, the things I was using in my day to day life, like all the single use plastics and like how I was shopping for clothes and food and everything. Um, And so when I discovered this lifestyle, you know, I I was really interested in, in starting to live this way. So it was about five years ago. That I started to reduce my, my the trash that I produce, um, just by shopping differently and really focusing on uh, shopping less and shopping quality items and really thinking about purchases. Um, and then, so this was about five years ago, and I continued working as an environmental educator, and then I worked for another environmental nonprofit. Um, you know, but just living my life as I was living it, you know, going on camping trips and going out with friends and. Um, just living regular life, and and then I met my my now husband, and he uh, he loves traveling. We met while he was back in San Diego, where um well he's from near there, but he was saving up to go travel, and um, he invited me to come travel with him long term. And at first, you know, I was like, no, that's just too much for me. Um, but eventually. I really wanted to go with him, so we ended up going on an eight-month trip around Southeast Asia.
2: Oh my and god, that sounds amazing!
1: It was really great. It was um, exactly three years ago. We were we were just ending our trip. And I was really, you know, into plastics at this time, and um, there were a lot of reports, you know, saying that a lot of this plastic is entering the ocean from Asian countries. And so I really wanted to travel um, using the least amount of disposable plastic. So that was like the whole goal of the trip. We didn't know where we were going to go. We didn't have an itinerary. We didn't have a plane ticket back. But I knew I wanted to reduce like the amount of plastic that I used. Um, And then we went back to San Diego after that trip. We we stayed in San Diego for about a year, um, and because we you know he he has this like travel bug and and me too, um, and so when we were back in San Diego, we decided that we wanted to come live to Spain. I have Spanish citizenship through my grandparents. They are both from here. They left here as uh, refugees from the civil war. And so I've always had this, you know, like, um, yearning to come back and, and just live here for some time. So I came back to Spain. Um, with him, with Fernando, we got married, we came here. I ended up doing a master's program that, um, was really great. It was, it's all about sustainability and all these like subjects that I'm passionate about, um, and we've been living here for over a year. We traveled for four months in a van. It was a wonderful trip around Northern Spain. And then when I started school, um, we settled into this city, we got an apartment and yeah, that's where we've been since October of last year.
0: Oh amazing it's been it's been a quite a journey. That's awesome,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that was a little bit of a longer introduction than I wanted. Yeah. no, that's, no, we love it yeah, that's a uh, it's, it's like the last
0: five years that's awesome. And so Spain is now your new home. Um, do you see yourself moving anywhere else or any any sort of travel plans in the near future?
1: Well, well, we're going back home to, to California in, in less than a month. I'm really excited. I haven't seen my parents in over a year, my sister, my family. Um, so we're going to go to California. My sister is getting married, and um, we're going to stay there for about six weeks, and we're going to travel a little bit. Um, we're going to go to Yosemite and, you know, just in the area of, like, <laughs> California, Um, but then we come back and I don't know, we, you know, I learned that we shouldn't really make too many plans because they change anyway. And you know, we're really up for like, you know, doing what, um, what feels right. Um. So I think we might stay here for the next year or so. But then who knows? Eventually, I'd like to go back to California. That's where my family is. Um, but before we go back, we might move to maybe another European country um, for some time. We really don't know. But so far, we've really liked it here. We really like the quality of life. And um, we really like our little city. So we're, we're happy for the time being. Awesome.
0: I love that. And for our viewers that kind of like they don't know much about like the zero waste lifestyle, can you just explain that a little bit more?
1: Definitely. Um, so zero waste don't it's the term is very misleading. Um, people think that you, you know you produce zero. Trash, um, But that's just not possible in, you know, in, in our economy and our society. We're going to produce trash regardless. But the point is to be really conscious about how much trash we're producing and produce a lot less. In the U.S., on average, a person produces four pounds of waste per year. I mean, sorry, per day. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, yeah. That's like over 2,000 pounds of trash a year um, that every single person makes. Um, so. know even if you can't get to zero um, we can still reduce a lot so one way you know you can reduce the amount of packaging for example that you buy is by buying uh, more whole foods things like rice and beans and oats and buy it at bulk stores and you can bring your own cloth bag that you can make or that you can buy there's you know so many uh, zero waste um, materials and tools that are on sale now that make it easier I cook a lot, you know, I don't spend a lot of time cooking, but I make a lot of meals at home just using fresh vegetables instead of like processed pre-made foods. Um, and then I, I used to shop a lot. I used to love going like clothing shopping and I would buy at all these fast fashion stores, but now I have like a small, a small closet, a small wardrobe. I I think it makes life easier. I'm very happy with it. I've saved a lot of money. So it's not just, you know, about reducing the amount of like packaging, but also reducing, um, like all of the clothing we have in our closets, Um, you know, you can, you can pretty much apply it to any aspect of your life in the, in the bathroom. You know, we, we, I used to buy all of these products, go to like just, just Target or any other store and buy all of these, um, self-care products and toiletries. But now it's really simple. I use, you know, a bar of shampoo, a bar of soap. Um, you could buy like a bar of conditioner, and of of course these come with less packaging. They come with less plastic. Um, it's really about like minimizing the all of the amount of products that we consume, and trying to to reduce the amount of waste that we create. Um, and it's going to look different for everybody. You know, my zero-waste lifestyle living in this city in Spain is different from someone living in San Diego or someone living in Mexico. It really depends on what you have access to. There's no perfect way of doing it. It's not something you're going to do overnight. You know, it takes time changing all of these habits and figuring out what works for you. Um, but it's basically just being conscious about our consumer choices.
0: How... um how does like the zero life, zero waste lifestyle compare to like the U.S. versus um, where you are right now in Spain?
1: Yeah, it's really different. You know, here, like I'll give you one example, you know, getting a coffee here. If you want to go get a coffee, the most normal thing to do is to go to a cafe or a bar and just sit down and order a coffee and drink your coffee there. And they bring it to you with a saucer and a cup and, um, and a spoon and you drink it. Right. And you don't have this like paper cup, but in the U S we use so many disposables. Um, You know, if you want to get a coffee, the most like normal thing is that they're going to give you your coffee in a paper cup, even if you stay at the coffee shop. Um, So that's just one example. Like we're just so used to using disposables, even when there's no need, even if you're having your, your drink for there. Um, I never really thought about that.
2: And now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, yeah, they don't. They just, they always bring it to you. Unless you're at a restaurant, if you're just at a cafe, Mm -hmm. most likely they bring it
1: to you in the in the in the little paper cup exactly and I like sometimes I would go to coffee shops and like really busy ones and I would have to say like three times like please I want it to for here like in a a cup and then they're like really busy the baristas are just like really crazy and they forget and they bring you a paper cup and it's just like well you know it's what they're used to um so that's just one example um I think like when it comes to grocery shopping um I think it's pretty similar. I mean, it depends. Back home, I would, you know, they're not necessarily zero waste stores, but there's stores that you can go to and you buy things in bulk. And usually people just use a plastic bag to buy things like rice and paper, uh, rice and oats and beans in a plastic bag. But Mm -hmm. with a zero waste lifestyle, you know, you just use uh, a reusable bag instead of those plastic bags. And there's a lot of similar stores here in Spain too that, you know, that's just the way that they've been doing it forever. Um, And now it's not like it's a new zero waste thing. It's just that um, I think people are appreciating them more for being less wasteful. Um, so, but it's going to be interesting, um, when I go back to California now and see what other differences, um, there are, we definitely consume more in the U S and we produce more waste in the U S per person here in Spain. It's about two kilograms of waste per person a day. So it's about half of what's produced in the U S. Um, so it's, it's definitely a considerable difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you
0: brought up fast fashion and I know that's been like a big contributor to waste. And then there's like so many other factors that go into fast fashion that like makes you never want to buy any sort of fast fashion again when you really like dig into it. Um, did you like, was there anything that kind of like brought light to like why fast fashion is kind of, well, bad for the environment and just bad in general?
1: I think for me, what really impacted me was um, a documentary that I watched a few years ago. It's called The True Cost. And <laughs> yeah, The True Cost. And um, that really sort of like painted the picture of how the fashion industry works and how polluting it is. And also about all the social, also social issues. Um, you know, there was this really horrible... Uh, disaster in, I believe it was in Bangladesh, a lot of people died, and they were all working in a factory making the clothes that we buy. Um, and they were working in these terrible conditions in a building that just collapsed. So obviously, it was not a safe working environment. And, you know, that's, w- that's how we get cheap clothes. Um, you know, we, we can, we're able to buy all of these inexpensive clothes because the, we're paying the cost somewhere else. People are working in these horrible conditions. We're using materials that are going to last forever. Yet we use clothing for, you know, it's now people used to use clothing for a really long time. They wore it, they mended it, they took care of their clothing. And now it seems like um, you know, since, since we can buy clothing for so cheap, it's sort of like disposable. You just use it once or twice or maybe like three times and you know, that's it. It just stays in your closet. And, um, and so that really, that documentary really impacted me and, um, and then, so I just was interested and started doing more like research and there is, you know, Instagram accounts like fashion revolution and the pages where, um, a lot of like sustainability, uh, fashion Instagrammers out there who are talking about these issues and um, yeah I think it's really important because we all wear clothes especially as women you know um, we tend to 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 shop more to buy more and I think it's something that we should all be you know we should all be concerned about you know where our clothing comes from who made our clothes it's like really really important like um it's like a trending topic that that uh, in the like sustainable sustainable fashion um, sphere, like who made your clothes, knowing what what were their conditions, how were they working, how much are they getting paid. So yeah, that's that's a little bit into it.
0: Nice, nice. And you said you've kind of pared down your wardrobe, so it's like a lot more limited. And I'm, I assume you're like buying you know more quality items that are gonna last a long time and you're not, they're not disposable. Um, yeah. so how was, how's that,
1: how was that transition? You know, I think traveling actually helped me transition into this backpack being backpacking. Um, because when we went on this eight month long Southeast Asia trip, I had a backpack. I think it was a 45 liter backpack. And of course, I couldn't fit a lot of clothing into there. Um so I had to be, you know, really thoughtful about you know when I'm what I was packing. Um it had to last me a long time. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to buy the clothing that I wanted um, while I was traveling. Um, and so living out of a backpack for eight months really, I think just you know made me more accustomed to having a limited uh, wardrobe. And so, mm-hmm when I got back from traveling um, I was working in an office but I I didn't feel the need to like have a very big closet it's I think that's another thing about living this lifestyle you you sort of become immune to all of these urges that I once had you know that I needed to get this shirt or I like I need these shoes or I need these pants like these urges that I had before um, I don't see it the same way now I think about it, it's like Well, yeah, I like how it looks, but, you know, how is it made and who made it? And, you know, how many times am I going to wear it? Now, like all of these questions pop up. Um, So I was going, I was working in an office and I bought some office, like attire, um, but I didn't really need a lot of clothes. You know, I had like black pants and I I wore, you know, some like nice jeans to, to my office or some dresses. Um, but it was still a pretty small wardrobe. And then I knew we were moving to Spain. So there was also really no, like, I didn't want to get a lot of clothes. We were saving, too. So, you know, I didn't want to spend money on clothes um, when I could save it for our trip here. And then when we got to Spain, like I said, we were traveling in a van. So, of course, we didn't have a lot of space in the van. Um, and that also restricted you know, how much clothing I wanted and, 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 um, had, and now that we're in an apartment, I definitely have gotten more clothes. Um, because you know, I'm not perfect. I still, you know, if I, if I see something I really like at a thrift shop, you know, I'll get it. Um, but my husband and I, we share like a four drawer dresser, which have two drawers and we have like, because a lot of apartments here in Europe don't have built in closets. Um so we just have this four-door dresser and we have a little like IKEA hanging rack that's for our coats and that's where all of our clothing is. Oh and I keep some like winter clothing under the bed. But that's it. And honestly it's made me happier. I don't spend a lot of time like stressing out like what am I going to wear? Figuring out like what to wear and I try to have clothing that matches that sort of like you know goes with, with each of the things to make it easier to dress. And I think it's, I think it's contributed to like a, a happier me too.
0: Oh, I love that. And, um, you brought up, uh, thrift shopping, which, um, is another like great alternative because you don't have to necessarily buy like a new, you know, dress or whatever from like a sustainable brand that might mean uh-huh. the- I would assume sustainable brands are a little bit more expensive than fashion, fashion brands. Totally. Uh, so I think like what gets into people's heads, is like, Oh, well I could buy this dress at forever 21 for $15. Why am I going to buy, you know, this other dress that will last me forever
1: essentially, um, yeah. you know, or a hundred
0: dollars.
1: Yeah. It's kind of hard like doing that, like initial, like investing that much in, in a dress. Like, yeah, totally get that.
0: But yeah, you brought up you could also thrift shop, which
1: mm-hmm.
0: is essentially pretty cheap. So
1: I've become really frugal. I <laughs> don't I don't think I was this frugal before, but this lifestyle has made me really frugal. Um, but now I see I don't feel like I'm depriving myself of anything because I have gained so much from this. You know, I wouldn't have been able to make that like eight month trip or come live in Spain without a job and like like live off of savings for a year. If it weren't for like this like frugal mentality, um, so even though there are like really great sustainable clothing brands, yes, like the clothing is more expensive because that's what it costs to make clothes. I think that's what like a lot of people don't realize is that you know, um, the workers are getting fair wages. They're using healthy materials. They're you know respecting our planet, and that's what they cost. Um, I for one, I have just like maybe, I, I don't even. I mean, I've bought some underwear and bras from sustainable brands, um, but most of my clothing is is thrifted. Um, yeah, because as I said, I'm pretty frugal and I I like reusing and recycling. So, I like checking out the thrift shops, um, and even online thrift shopping. There's, you know, there's new platforms out there like Depop or Poshmark. Um, there's like an equivalent sort of like the Craigslist here. That's called Wallapop. And I found some stuff there. I even go, I love going to the flea market in my town. It's like my Sunday morning activity every other Sunday. And, you know, growing up, I would probably be like <laughs> I don't know I grew up you know like thinking like oh my gosh this is disgusting it smells bad it's used and now my mentality has completely changed and I go like on a treasure hunt and see what I can find and I have this like wonderful like cotton white dress that I wear a lot and it was 1 euro <laughs> at the flea market oh, amazing. and yeah and I mean I don't think you necessarily like I think secondhand clothing should be, you know you should pay what it's worth you know we should we should be willing to pay more for it the price shouldn't be the only reason we get secondhand clothing but um yeah when i find something like that it's like wow score like i would have bought this dress for like 40 dollars five years ago with like without a blink of an eye and um, and now i got it for just a euro so yeah i there's there's a lot of clothing out there. So it's like when I go to a thrift shop, it's when I like realize, man, we have we've made so much clothes. There's <laughs> just so much of it and yeah, we could we should be reusing it.
2: Yeah, and that seems like
1: such a like an easy way for
2: like to pack less cuz I know sometimes we're worried about how much we're packing for our mm-hmm. trips and then I don't I like shopping I like packing less and then when I get to my destination, you know, buy myself, like instead of like a little trinket, I can Mm -hmm. buy myself a dress or like a shirt that I got that will always remind me of Spain or, Mm -hmm. and there's so many, those flea markets and (laughs) stuff that you can go to and like pick that up. So that also helps. I feel. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point, you know, getting like uh, getting something to like a souvenir from the place, but something that you'll actually use instead of, you know, those (laughs) souvenirs that we just like, you know, we buy and then nobody ever uses. But yeah, I like that idea of getting things, especially if they're made in the country you're visiting or made by local artisans or like you get it at a flea market. Yeah, it's a really good point.
2: Yeah, you cut down on your, you know, on your travel on your on your, you know, package And then you're just like there and you're able to like look around and shop. And um, there are a lot of artisan festivals or there. I noticed that like on certain weekends, they'll have just like a community of people like a flea market or um, like a farmer's market, things like that, where they have locals selling Mm -hmm. that stuff. And it's a lot better.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're supporting like small businesses and local businesses Um, yeah, when I was traveling in a van, we didn't get a lot of stuff, but you know, we, we ended up going to this like ceramics festival um, and this is not on clothing, this is more of like, uh, this was a mug, but yeah, I got this mug at a ceramics festival and I got to meet the artist who made it and he made it using local clay and, and I use this mug like every day and it reminds me of this little town that we visited and it's something that I use and it's, you know, you just feel better buying this these sort of products instead of buying just like a a mug that says Barcelona but on the bottom it's like made in China you know when it's not really from that place Um, so yeah I think it's also important to to support the local businesses Mm -hmm.
2: definitely so what um what would be some of your tips and tricks for people that aren't used to that you know don't have any background in this so say like myself or like Janine where we are familiar with it but we haven't really put a lot of these things into practice how would you suggest we start off for for a trip because i know that i mean i'm tired of buying those little bottles because we can't have, you know, bigger bottles checked in to our luggage. So everything has... So we go down, you know, we go to Target and buy the, all those little, like, shampoos mm. and soaps and all these little tiny plastics that we really don't need to. Yeah,
1: yeah. But
2: we don't know any other way. It's... Like, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so when it comes to traveling um, and, like, the little toiletries, uh, so so what I did, what what I've been doing is instead of buying um, like the little bottle of shampoo, I have a bar of shampoo and they become really popular now. It's they have a lot of different types. You know, if you buy one and it doesn't work for your hair type, it doesn't mean that none of them are going to work for your hair type. It's like any other shampoo. Um And so these bars of shampoos, uh, they weigh less, they are going to last you a lot longer than a little bottle of shampoo. Or if you have one at home, you can even like cut it in half and bring half with you. The same with bars of soap. And it's not just the packaging, you know, Um, liquid shampoo and liquid soap, that's a lot of water weight. And so you're just basically carrying unnecessary water. Um, that adds to to your weight so that adds to like your emissions and you know the stuff that you have to carry and like, the amount of weights that you can pass through security and bring on the plane um, so I would recommend getting like a bar of soap uh, a bar of shampoo you could even get a bar of conditioner um, a toothpaste if you know instead of buying a little tiny toothpaste you have toothpaste at home and I think we all have you know, whether it's like the sample makeup uh, little containers or um, another type of plastic container at home that another product has, has come in, you can fill that up with toothpaste. Um, they even sell things like toothpaste tabs where they're like indiv- individual individually sized and you put them in your mouth and you brush your teeth and they come with minimal packaging um, just cutting down on the amount of products that we use too. I think it's really is like it depends per person, and you know, it's someone might say, "Well, I use like fifteen products daily. I'm not just going to stop using them." Um, but really, think about like, do you? What do you really need? And um, just, you know, how much money are you spending on all of these products? And you can probably do away with a lot of them. And again, just filling up the bottle that you have at home into a smaller container that you already have. You know, it's about being resourceful, using what you already have. And at the same time, you're saving money because it's these items, these products that you already have in your house. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> no, of course it does. Okay. Um, but yeah, like,
2: for example someone would buy the little shampoo and conditioner and then toss it at the end of their trip instead of bringing it back home, washing it, and then saving it for the next trip.
1: Exactly, yeah. Even, you know, a lot of people come into this lifestyle thinking that they have to buy all of these, like, zero-waste gadgets to be zero-waste. And that's not the point. A um, point is just to use what we already have. You know, we, you probably already have some little shampoo bottles at home maybe they're half full. We'll just fill it up and use use what you already have. Um, And yeah, I'm thinking what else? You know, if it comes time to change your toothbrush, now there are toothbrushes that are made from bamboo, which is like a rapidly renewable resource. Um, There are toothbrushes with changing um, toothbrush heads so you don't create as much waste. Um, There's. A lot of these little things now that are, that you can find and that they'll also help you reduce your waste. Okay. Love it. Those are great. I know. Mm -hmm.
0: um, Yeah. Martha and I have been slowly getting into all these things and it's amazing what's out there and it's not like either it's not that much more expensive or, you know, it is really affordable and, or will last longer. Um, like those shampoo bars and conditioners, they end up lasting a lot longer than, you know, a mm-hmm. bottle of shampoo.
1: Yeah. Like the shampoo bar that I have right now, um, I got it. I remember exactly when I got it. Cause my friend was here visiting. It was like May 20th and I just, I just opened up the other half like two days ago. So I don't know, it's been three months and I've just used half of it, um, so they do last a long time. Yeah. Are there, is like, there anything in specific that you guys are wondering about? Like how you can replace it with a more zero waste alternative?
2: Well, um, just in general, like if we're starting to like prep for a trip, like what can we do to to just be more sustainable? And then once we're there, how do we maintain that sustainability? Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like when we travel, we just, there is just so much waste that we don't even, that we would, I feel like it's more waste than how we would live just like a normal life when we're on vacation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every, yeah, I totally agree with that because you're outside of your, you know, what you know, um, you know, we're getting things, you know, we don't know where to buy certain things. Everything's like all about convenience, so I, what helped me was to be prepared with reusables. Um, I carry my water bottle. You know, you can, you can take it on an airplane. You just have to empty it out before you pass through security. And most airports now have uh, water fountains where you can fill up your water bottle. And, you know, it really depends on where you travel. I traveled in countries where the tap water is not safe to drink. But in a lot of hotels, hotel lobbies, um, or restaurants, they have potable water. They have drinking water that's not in individual bottles. They have, you know, those like big five gallon bottles. Um, so I would just fill it up there, and that saves money too. And just you know, have your, bottle in your water bottle in your bag and fill it up. If you find a chance to fill it up, just fill it up. Even if you're not thirsty right then and there, fill it up. So when you're thirsty later, you already have water and you're not like desperately looking for a place to buy a, a water bottle. Um, I took a, so when I went to Southeast Asia, they had all these like night markets where you would go and buy street food. Um, and so in anticipation of this, I took a uh, a spoon and a fork with me or a spork, um, and this little like container, sort of just like a Tupperware. And so whenever I ordered food, I would ask them to put it in my Tupperware and it also worked really great if I went to a restaurant and I had leftovers, I just put it in there or if I wanted to get takeout, um, I would reuse this container for all of these things. and, and, you know, even if you can't carry the container with you, uh, a fork or a spoon or a spork doesn't take up a lot of space and you can definitely always carry that in your bag. You never know when you're going to like want to buy some street food or even if you sit in, in a restaurant, a lot of them have disposables so you can at least save uh, a fork, a plastic spoon. Um, so a water bottle definitely bring a reusable bag. You know, when, if ever you buy anything or if you're going to buy some fruit, if you go to a supermarket and buy some fruits or buy a snack, you have your reusable bag with you. Um, and it really depends on on your destination. You know, what I took to Southeast Asia, um, it's really different from the reusables that I use here in Spain. So it's sort of just a think ahead and do a little bit of research and You know, think about the activities that you're going to be doing. You know, if you're going on a business trip and you're going to get coffee every day, then take your reusable coffee cup. If you're going on a vacation um, and drinking a lot of, like, coconut water, then bring a reusable straw with you. Um, Or if you're going on a backpacking trip, then maybe, like, buy some bulk nuts. Um, Take, like, a reusable bag to buy some, like, bulk nuts and bulk food um when you get there at a, at a grocery store so there's really no like one size fits all answer because it really depends on what you are and in your situation um so yeah that's uh those are a few tips but if you have like anything in specific maybe like for a specific trip let me know well janine is oh. going to
2: go to germany soon Mm-hmm. oh yes um
0: yeah but i yeah i um i guess it would be a lot of those things just um like the toiletries um mm-hmm. which i've started to kind of transition to um i want to talk real quick about razors cuz i got my first safety razor but i haven't used it cuz i'm scared
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they are intimidating <laughs> any tips for that
0: (laughs) just go slow
1: (laughs) I just go slow you know just yesterday I was using it and I sort of nicked the back of my leg but it was just like a reminder to Monica just like be mindful of what you're doing (laughs) go slow it wasn't a bad cut or anything but um you know you always try to avoid those but yeah just go slow um you know I don't think I used to cut myself with just like regular razors too. I don't think that these are necessarily more dangerous or, you know, you're more prone to cutting yourself. Um, they just look a little bit scarier, but yeah, just go slow and kind of work with the angles until you find the right angle that works for you. Okay. Um, and yeah, maybe like try a little, you know, try it on, um, you know, on, on a patch first of your leg and, 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 you know, kind of just go slow. <laughs> oh,
0: right. That's that's good. Okay, I, I gotta just gotta yeah, just do it. it. <laughs> just do it.
1: <laughs> You'll see, it's not <laughs> such a big deal,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it's like they've used that for like so long, and then we transitioned into stupid plastic. I mean, yeah. they've they've done it. So, yes. um, I was gonna ask: Is there has there been any um problems? taking that on a plane just because of the the razor I mean I I mean because of the blade Mm -hmm. they assume it should be the same as taking a plastic one which I've gotten through TSA many times
1: with okay you know I actually don't know about this I was also I was always um I always had this idea that you could not take the razor on the plane and so Mm -hmm. I've only traveled uh well I've tra- the one time I traveled with the razor, um I I didn't take the blade. So when I got to Asia, I just bought blades at the pharmacy. Um Okay, so
0: getting a blade at the pharmacy, okay, because I like I wouldn't even have known like where exactly to
1: get get a blade yeah that's the thing I don't I'm imagining that in Germany they would have the blades at the pharmacy they have them here in Spain and you know and in Asia they had them because in Asia they have like disposable safety razors I don't know if that's even a thing but they had the razors where you just um change the blade but uh so you like you, you screw it off the top and then you change the blade. So they have those blades for plastic razors. Um, so I don't know, but the other day I heard from like a friend who, who is like, she knows all about zero waste that she has traveled a lot too and like carry on. And they've only taken the, the blade once. Um, and like, she, I understood that she had gotten through with a blade a lot of times, so yeah, it might be worth to try it. And if they take it away, then just see if you can, you can, um, find a blade at, at a pharmacy there.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that some airports like they, they're just more strict or they like, I don't know when it pops up, they really know what it is. So yeah, I know I've gotten away with. Random things, so I think I'll I'll chance it then.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, awesome! But I really liked how you brought up, um, you know, taking like a Tupperware and like your u- own utensils with you because it seems like something so simple, but I think like sometimes that just doesn't even come to people's minds. Mm. I think a lot people have gotten kind of more used to or at least I see it with a, a like a variety of a lot more people um having the reusable like tote bags um, mm-hmm. they wouldn't use the plastic bags but it's like you could now now always having your pla- your your plastic bag your, your reusable bag you know also carry your your water bottle your um Tupperware and your utensils so. I'm going to keep that in mind because the waste for like takeout and all that really adds up. Mm
1: -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And in Germany, I mean, definitely bring a water bottle with you. I don't know if that's something you you travel with before, but they're like the water is uh, safe to drink. And, you know, if you find like a fountain, you could just fill it up. And I don't, I've never, well, I've been to Germany, but it was a long time ago. So I don't know how their situation is with. Uh, disposables Like here in Spain, you don't really see a lot of disposables um, at restaurants or, uh, you know, in the US it's really common to go to a restaurant and even if you eat there they have disposables. Um, here it's not so common. So I I don't, like if I go out with, um, like on a day trip or something, I, I probably won't bring my, my fork because I just know I won't really need it. Um, but yeah, it depends on your situation um, and your destination. But it's always better to have it and then not have it and then think, you know, I should have brought it.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, So you've kind of compared how it is in like Spain and in Europe in general um, versus like the U.S. Like Spain, obviously, like with the whole like coffee situation, especially or just at restaurants. How, how does it also compare to Southeast Asia since you spent so much time there?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's so much plastic in Southeast Asia. It was uh, sometimes like unbelievable. You would go to some place like uh, 7-Eleven and you would see people go and just buy a water bottle and they put the water bottle inside of a bag and insi- and inside the bag they put a straw that's individually wrapped. And then the person goes out and they just like open the water bottle and they throw the bag and the straw and everything in the trash and it's just like mind blowing how much plastic there is everywhere. Um, like the movie theaters we went to the movies once and they put the the popcorn box inside of a plastic bag just like these I don't know I think I think in a sense it's like it's very like I see it as like a very Western way of doing things like using all of this plastic because you would see it more in the cities. Um, and, but it, but it was just really hard to avoid at times. I would take a lot, like I would not expect anybody else to go through all of this effort because it was really hard trying to avoid all of that plastic. It was just everywhere. Um, you know, It was just with the straws and all of the food, uh, the styrofoam, the bags, you would go grocery shopping. And I have never seen garlic in plastic bags until I was like in a small rural town <laughs> in Thailand, <laughs> an individual um, like garlic in, in plastic bag or a, or an onion in a plastic bag. Oh my uh, God, those have covers already. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, we also do that in the US, you know, if you go to like, even if you go to like the airport, like little like supermarket at the airport, they have like pre peeled oranges and little plastic tubs or That's uh, so frustrating. Oh, my bananas. God. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, so even though in Asian countries, they produce a lot less waste, like they like their lifestyles, Um, overall are more sustainable than like our western lifestyles Um, just the use of plastic is it's more obvious because there's also You know, in the U.S., we produce a lot of trash. The thing is, we don't see it. It gets picked up by a trash truck, and it gets taken away. So in a sense, it's like out of sight, out of mind. And we don't worry about it. But we just keep making, making, making trash. It's not that they make more trash in places like Thailand. It's just that it's a little bit more out in the open and and noticeable. Um, And so, um, and, yeah, and, you know, as a foreigner, you coming into a new city, you know, when... In the U.S., I I knew where to go shopping to avoid plastic or, you know, you know the language, so you know how to say, like, no straw, please, or no plastic bag, please. But in a place where you don't know the language, it's, you know, it takes more effort to communicate that and communicate, you know, why um, why you don't want a bag or why you don't want a straw. So it definitely took more effort, um, not just because there was more plastic, but also because, you know, you don't know where to find things without plastic and you don't know how to communicate it.
0: Right. Southeast Asia really needs to step it up.
1: yeah i mean they they're trying they're trying and the thing is you know it's not you know it's just something that i wanted to mention because it's been in the news lately and i think that as americans and europeans we should be aware of this that the trash that the recycling that we put in the recycling bins and that we think you know oh it's going we're doing the good thing it's going to be recycled we're actually sending it to countries like um like malaysia or cambodia and so it's a way of sort of, you know, saying, oh, we don't want it here because it's pollution, but, you know, you poorer countries, you take it, you know, you deal with it. Um, so that's also why I thought it was really important for me not to, to use as many plastics was because I was a visitor in their country and I did not want to make trash and leave it there for them to deal with. Um, so as a visitor, I think it's important to be, you know, Uh, mindful of where you're going and what you're leaving behind you know we you know making trash in your own city well that's your own city and but going to another country and making trash and leaving it there I don't I don't think um, I think that's something that as travelers we should be a little bit more conscious about
0: right and I love that you keep saying mindful because you're right like you don't have to be Perfect and like adhere to everything, but be mindful of things. And in just being mindful, then you remember, oh, I need to take my reusable bag. I need to ask for no straw. Mm-hmm. um Like the, that mindful. I think that's like a, the perfect word to like help you get more into this lifestyle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's hard. We, you know, it's, it's like, the world is designed, so it's, you know, to produce trash, it's, you you know, you have to, it's, it's like going against the current. So, you know, it's not always easy, but at least if we're mindful, you know, and I think that, that just, um, that's the way, yeah, like you said, that's, that's what's important, being mindful. And then it's going to get easier and easier for, for everyone as we all kind of become more aware of like all of these trash problems. Love
0: it. And for anyone that kind of wants to get more into this type of lifestyle, maybe they want to transition, they're more curious, are there any, like, maybe documentaries or, like, um, accounts that they could follow that kind of help, you know, either give tips or, you know, just help help them transition or get ideas?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So uh, some documentaries to learn a little bit more about the problem, because uh, I think it's important to know why you're doing this. Uh, one that really impacted me was uh, Plastic Paradise. It's all about plastic. Another one that is called Bagot, and these are both documentaries. Um, and then on Instagram, there are a lot, a lot of accounts that um, well, let me start off with a blog. One blog that has a lot of information about Zero Waste is called Paris-to-go.com. Um, hyphen hyphen so it's Paris-to-go. And Ariana um, had this website. She's not uploading like any new articles, but she has a lot of information on there on like Zero Waste Beauty and all of these uh, recipes Um, Polly Barks is another one that's, uh, that I really like because she kind of goes deeper into, you know, what's really important, like zero waste is more than just like the plastic bag. So it's really informational. Um, and they both have Instagram accounts. Um, let's see zero waste chef. She also has a blog and an Instagram account and I love her. She has so many ideas, so many recipes. Um, so I think those are like three really good, uh, starting points for anybody who's interested.
0: Awesome. And where can we find you and follow you?
1: I am on Instagram um, at Monica Rosquilla. So my last name is ROSQUILLAS. And I have a blog that I have not updated in a long time, but I do have some articles on there about zero waste travel. I wrote them when I was in Asia um, and zero waste camping, and that is girlforacleanworld.com. Perfect. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much, Monica, for everything, all the helpful tips, um, you know, sharing your journey and your transition, you know, what sparked all of this. Uh, It's something that I've personally been curious about. And I know that the more that we share this with people, the more that it educates people, because not everybody knows how deep the problem is, or how easy Mm -hmm. it is
1: to make those changes. So Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for for letting me talk so much. I realize I talk a lot about this, but it's, you know, it's really something that I'm passionate about. And so I'm really, I'm really happy that you invited me on your podcast to talk about this and sort of spread the zero waste message with your, with your listeners. So no. thank you. Yeah,
2: no, thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll have to have you back so you can tell us about your um, your journey through um, Asia and then your, your transition from, you know, San Diego to Spain and how that all happened.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Oh My Travel Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcast.